What up? We are back again today in the studio. I know, I know it has been a minute since I was, I have been able to speak with you guys. This is your host, Tyler, and this is the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Well, it's been a minute. Um, as I told you guys last week, I was going to be out, uh, so we're going to miss the podcast for the the preview uh and then we were doing a recap we are going to miss that one as well uh and so these two are going to be combined we're going to be doing one episodes for the following two weeks and that is because i had the beautiful wonderful amazing opportunity to go to the wonderful island of puerto rico with my amazing wife and uh i had uh, a vacation planned i had been planned for a while um Still was able to catch a little bit of football, uh, but really just get down uh, and enjoy that wonderful island. If you have not been to Puerto Rico, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it was beautiful. It makes those nights that are uh, particularly cold here and uh, windy and stuff like that as we move closer to the winter season just a little bit nicer, doesn't it? Just a little bit nicer. Oh my goodness, so much has happened though. Uh, getting back here uh, to um, the the Big Ten, right? We are the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Presented by Woos Media, of course. Uh, what a week last week, man! Some some crazy crazy things happened. We had a, uh, an overtime victory. Uh, we had uh, some close games. We had some games that I feel like were pretty predictable. And overall, it was the Big Ten. And continually, and I, and I know that I am a I I, we, I have this podcast, right? We we do this, but continuing continuously. I am amazed at the quality of the performances put out by Big Ten schools. They are amazing. I absolutely love it. So many good games. So uh, I guess in a recap, uh, I, I was able to go back through my notes. Uh, it's, it's hard when you come back from vacation to orient yourself, right? Uh, Illinois, Indiana, we said was going to be close, but Illinois ultimately gets the win, and we even predicted it by the same amount of margin. Nailed that one. Penn State, Michigan, Michigan, without Jim Harbaugh there on the sideline, still look like the better team. They are legit. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, them and Ohio State have a very, very good opportunity to be two more Big Ten teams represented, uh, this, this upcoming, uh, this upcoming year in the, in the, in the playoff, right? Uh, Nebraska, Maryland, we said it was going to be close. Uh, it was a four point game. We predicted it was a three point game that ended up, uh, happening, which is kind of crazy. Um, Purdue, Minnesota, I thought Minnesota would win. Purdue finds this crazy amount of offense and absolutely pops off. What was that? That was incredible. And then follow it up by Wisconsin losing to Northwestern. Uh, and I was unable to watch that game. The one game they did have uh, in Puerto Rico was Michigan Penn State. And I was able to see highlights. And uh, I do record all of the games. So I'm going back and watching them. So I don't have as much analysis as what I wish I did. Uh, I got to see what happened to that game. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Minnesota, what are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Uh, absolutely crazy. Uh, and then Iowa beats Rutgers. Ohio State, of course, uh, looks amazing against Sparty. So, uh, some, some crazy games as always. Increasingly, uh, I'm starting to see just it's getting more and more intriguing with the addition of USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon is only, only going to make things better. Uh, let me tell you. 
Uh, the Big Ten is in a good place right now. A lot of interesting games. I've said it for a long time. I personally think that college football suffers from a big game problem. Or uh, the fact, uh, what college football is amazing is that uh, we have the regional rivalries. We have the teams that are close. And, and that's all well and good. But what you want to tune into is the Michigan-Penn State game, right? And you only get a couple of those a year. Uh, and so what the Big Ten is doing is adding more urgency. We're going to see Washington. I, could you imagine seeing Oregon in the big house, Washington in the shoe, or even Ohio State in Seattle at night. Oh my goodness. It's going to be amazing. But uh, we're going to focus on this year because there were, like I said, some amazing games and so many great games looking ahead. Now, because so many of you love to just tease me, it is my time. I want to take a minute here. I want to take a minute. And I'm going to defend Wisconsin. Yes, Tyler, how can you West defend Wisconsin after that abysmal performance? 24 to 10. Tyler, let's see how you do it. Oh, boy, howdy. Am I excited to do it? You better believe it. Let's lock in. So I was going back. Uh, I Don't tell my boss. But what I like to do, maybe it's, it's when I'm taking a break, right? Taking a break at work. I like to, I, I, I'm a nerd. I like to watch recruiting rankings. I feel like recruiting, not only out of the, the high school players, but out of the transfer portal is, is a very good insight to what the team's going to be. That being said, that is not always indicative. It is a piece of the puzzle. It is, it is a piece of the picture that we are trying to see as we make predictions, as we're following our algorithms, as we're following our models that we're creating, and it's constantly changing, right? What, are, what do I want to see? What are people, uh, you know, where, where are recruits being committed to? Who's getting more recruits? Who are, who's leaving? Where are the transfers leading? Who is going, right? One of the things that I, I, I really like uh, t- to do is that. Just to get a brief snapshot. Now, this year, did I think Luke Fickle was going to be significantly better, this team significantly better, uh, than what they were the year before? Yeah, I did. I, I'm going, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I thought that Wisconsin was going to be, um, at the beginning of the year, I had wrote down nine and three as my main model for Wisconsin. I thought that they that there was a chance that they could lose uh, to Iowa, a chance to lose to Ohio State, and um, I always have an I had an extra loss built in. Uh, mainly, I, I didn't think it was going to be Washington State, but another loss is, is what I call an upset loss. Right? Typically, teams like that and a team in a rebuilding year they they have a, a loss that that just particularly stinks more than others. So. That was my model. That was why I said nine and three. And I said, I think that they're going to do enough, though, to get to the Big Ten Championship, and they're going to play Michigan. And that will be an amazing first year for, for Mr. Fickle, right, Coach Fickle. Now, after going back, and, and, and this was – I was looking at it at the, past, the previous recruiting rankings. I don't know if you know this, but Luke Fickle actually out-recruited Wisconsin at Cincinnati the year prior to his arrival here. Yeah, you heard it. Now, you might say, well, Tyler, obviously, he just went to a national championship. Um, there were rumors that they were going to be moving up to the Big 12. There were the ruminations and stuff like that. Of course, why, why, 
why would would it not be that? Well, that in in my opinion, Wisconsin and Cincinnati should not be recruiting at the same level, regardless, right? I, yeah, I know they played in twenty twenty one in the Cotton Bowl, but they still against Alabama they lost. They still were out recruited Wisconsin, and everybody has said, uh, you know, it was wrong to file fire Paul Chris. What was he doing? He had one bad season. There's an expectation at Wisconsin. Similarly to um, Bo Pelini and, and the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the, the revolving door that's kind of been coaches there and at a lot of places is the coaches and the players are good enough and they, they do just enough to get to uh, bowl games. Just enough, right? They schedule the 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 Bowling Green, the Buffalo, the uh, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, the Panera Bread University, right? Sam Houston State. Those are the teams they schedule. They have a couple, and then they're going to play a, a mid-major, if that's what you want to call it. Some, talk a little bit of college basketball, right? A mid-major, like you can say a UConn, who had a good year last year, down this year, but a good year last year. Well, we played UConn. Yeah, they're an independent, but they were a good independent. Oh, who did you play? Well, I played Fresno State. They went 9-3 and three last year. They're a good team. That was proving and showing our team was good. And then they beat up on the bottom, you know, the bottom of the league, the, the, the Indianas, the, the Purdue's, the Northwesterns, right? The teams that are at the bottom. I know we're using it, the example this year, but teams that have, are particularly at the bottom of the conference, they get six wins, they go six and six, seven and five, and they say, hey, it was a down year, sorry. And you're going to say, well, Tyler, isn't that what's happening with Fickle? No. Now, if that was what was happening in year three, yes. But this is a rebuild. And I think that on the surface of Wisconsin, uh, they were being out-recruited by a lot of people. They weren't getting the transfers in like they should have. And really, it just wasn't a good place to be. And I don't think we really saw it rear its ugly head until last year. Obviously, the administration asked Wisconsin, took it upon themselves to then let go of Paul Chris that that has waves that has that has implications transfers out recruits drop drop uh their their commitments they don't sign their letters of intent and all that stuff that though that's not a fun place to be if you're an organization luke fickle comes in now he has to build he's got to build his staff which are they getting taken away to different coordinating jobs? What are they doing there? But he's got to get his staff, A. B, he's got to reset the culture, which I don't know how well the culture particularly was at where it had been since pretty much 2019. Yeah, 2021, they went 9-4. and four. Um, They did beat uh, uh, you know Arizona in the uh, Las Vegas Bowl. But 2020 was not a super great year for them. So really, they hadn't been the Wisconsin we know since 2019 and really since 2017 their utter dominance just just there's been a lack of of utter dominance this is a rebuild it's going to be a soft rebuild in my opinion but when you look at it and and Fickle was out recruiting out getting people out of the portal that matters okay Right now, and, and, and a look ahead again. This does not, this isn't a look ahead as in this means, right? Uh, Texas A&M has had the best recruiting class. 
they just fired Jimbo. Campbell, the Fighting Camels, were out recruiting a lot of FBS teams. That team has yet to go to the playoffs in in multiple years at the FCS level. Uh, and they play in the Big South, which is a whole other thing. You guys don't want to hear me talk about it. But recruiting class, it's, it's not everything, but it's something. Looking forward right now, in uh, the 2024 uh, recruiting class, Wisconsin is sitting at currently 24, where the years previous, they were in the 50s or late 40s. They're sitting at 24, and their transfer class is sitting at 17 in the nation. Fickle is going to get this turned around. And actually, Nebraska is sitting, I believe, even better than Wisconsin. Now, other things factor into it. Like I said, strength of schedule. When you play people, schedule, right? Scheduling, I guess, should be the other one. And then coaching. Those three matter. And then putting the right pieces on the right, in the right spot and making it work. That all matters. And ultimately, the talent has to show through. But typically, the people that are getting the five-star recruits, the blue chip athletes, they are going to be the ones that we're talking about. That's why Georgia's great. That's why Michigan's great. That's why Ohio State's great. That's why Bama's been great. That is why their talent, it's its definitely a piece. And Wisconsin's raising that. Fickle is doing that. So yeah, did they lose against Northwestern, which they should have won? Absolutely. That was ugly. That's an ugly loss. But I think there's going to be a couple more of those ugly losses before they stabilize. Don't get me wrong. I could be eating crow in a couple years from now if it continues like this and they go seven and five next year, eight and four next year, and they have kind of this false facade, especially on that side of the conference, right? Maybe they don't get, I mean, maybe they beat a Washington and it's like, you know, or, a, or an Oregon and a Penn State and it's like, well, Wisconsin's back, but then they lose to Minnesota and, and Illinois. It, it depends. All of this is contingent on it. But I'm not selling my, my Wisconsin suck yet. I like it. I like what I see with Wisconsin. And I think there's going to be some growing pains. Like I said, I just don't know if the talent is there. I think they, they need to get the best out of the, they're getting the best out of the talent that they have. And I think they're going to go get some better players. They're going to get some better, um, uh, systems and, 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 and culture, uh, things in place. They're going to be back. That's my prediction. Don't hate it. Don't hate on it. But let's take a look. Um, I kind of wrote down some of the uh, storylines going into this next week. With the final two weeks approaching, it's ridiculously sad. All of you who are like, I'm so happy for my pumping spice latte. No. Don't wish away football season. Don't wish away August. Don't wish away September. Don't wish away October. Oh, my goodness, it's November. And we are almost done with the college football season. But it's going to be exciting. A very, very fun end of the season. Look, this is this is what I'm talking about. This is the storylines, and then we'll get into predictions after. Storyline number one, Minnesota is going to fall to five and six. Yeah, they're not beating Ohio. They're not beating Ohio State. That's not happening. Are they going to at the end of the at the end of the year pull off a win against Wisconsin? Oh my goodness. If both of them are five and six, oh my goodness, what a game that's going to be. Next one, because Nebraska and Wisconsin play each other this week, they're both five and five. One is going to be bowl eligible. One is going to be fighting for survival. Again, next week, Nebraska plays Iowa. Wisconsin plays Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. What is going to happen in that game? But we're going to get one bowl eligibility. Uh, currently, right now, what is there? Um, there's five teams that are five and five. So we could potentially have five teams that are bowl eligible or not bowl eligible. That's crazy. Uh, Northwestern. Dude, 
Kudos to you. They had every opportunity to throw in the towel, to give up on the season. The players, the coaching staff, the administration to say, no, this year ain't it. We lost our, our, our head coach. This is bad. They continue to fight. They are still there. And I was like, at the beginning of the year, this is what I wrote, five and seven. That was with Pat Fitzgerald. That was my prediction. And then when they moved, I was like, dude, that's going to be another 1-11, season without him. Oh, my goodness. They're sitting at 5-5 five and five with an opportunity to beat Purdue or Illinois and make it to a bowl game or at least be bowl eligible. That is an amazing story. So much fun to watch that. Uh, next one up, uh, the call before the storm, the game, right? Can Michigan and Ohio State stay locked in long enough? They're both great teams. They're going to do it. But can they stay locked in long enough? to get to the game, both be undefeated, and completely duke it out. I think that that's going to happen. But yes, it is a call before the storm that everyone is going to be watching the game in two weeks' time. Uh, so let's jump into predictions. First game up, we have Indiana taking on Michigan State. Look, here's a stat. Indiana has not won back-to-back games against Michigan State since 1967 to 1969. It was actually a three-game winning streak against them, but they have not done a back-to-back win, and they're not going to. Yes, Sparty is bad. They are not a good football team. Three and seven is not where Michigan State should be. It is Ugly. It has been a bad, bad season for the Spartans. It's been a bad two seasons and kind of a facade season in 21 and not great seasons previous. They've had one season in the last five or six years that they can be happy about. And that was in 2021, which how that happened, I don't know, but they did it. Uh, but it's not happening. They're going to be Indiana. A lot of people do. Even the books think Indiana is going to win. They have, they have Indiana minus four. Give me that. Give me that. Even on Sparty, do not make me regret this. I know coming from a Michigan household, I should not be betting on the Spartans, but by golly, I am going to do it. Uh, I want to go 21 20 Michigan State for the big dub. Uh, next game up, we've got Michigan taking on Maryland. This is a perfect opportunity for both Ohio State and Michigan to take their foot off the gas to say, hey, we're right here. We're at the finish line. Um, we're just not going to look ahead. It's not happening. Michigan's going to beat Maryland. Don't think they're going to beat them by 19, which is the current line right now. Uh, I think that Michigan beats them 35-21. They, they are going to be the most, be, be prepared. This Michigan-Ohio State game, both these games that we're going to talk about, they're going to be the most vanilla game plans you will ever see. They're not showing a thing because they know what the game is next week. Both of these teams have better athletes, better people. Look, last year, um, Illinois almost beat Michigan 1917 at the big house prior to the Ohio State game. Um, Ohio State, I guess, not as close, but uh, kind of had a semi-scare last year against Maryland, 43-30 to uh, to 30 at the end. I think Michigan takes care of business here and beats them, like I said, 35-21, just not over the points. Maryland finally found a little bit of offense, but not too much. Um, just basically a dribble of the offense uh, against their, their, their win last week over Nebraska, but uh, I think they're, they're going to do enough to... to uh, Michigan's going to do enough to get the win and to not show their hand going forward. Next game up, we've got Penn State taking on Rutgers. Rutgers, you couldn't score against Iowa. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Iowa has a great defense, but Rutgers should be able to to score there. Look, uh, th- it would be amazing to if you're a Rutgers fan to, to, to play um, – 
spoiler, right, against Penn State, against the Nittany Lions, but it's on the road. Penn State coming off of a bad loss. There's a lot of heat coming on James Franklin right now, which I don't think is warranted and we can get into later, uh, but it's not happening, and I think Penn State's going to beat them. Uh, do I think it's going to be by 19, which is the current line? Yeah. I think it'll be 35-7. I think Penn State's going to kind of uh, shut up all those people that are that are complaining about you know them not being able to beat Ohio State or Michigan. Look, Harbaugh went through it, saying he couldn't beat rivals. Uh, you just got to give uh, Franklin, uh, I just don't think he has the, the dudes to beat him. Now, if that's recruiting, if that's coaching, call it what you want, but they just don't have the talent to beat Ohio State and Michigan. And I know you don't, you, you don't want to kid yourself, but it, it's, that's the fact of the matter. Um, I think Penn State handles business, uh, beats them, takes care of them, 35-17. Next game up, we've got Northwestern taking on Purdue. Yes, that is going to be a crazy game. And if you want to believe it, even though the game – Yes, the game is being played, right, at Northwestern in Evanston. Purdue is favored off of one week? Absolutely not. You are crazy to give them that many points after just one week. Yes, I know they played so well against Minnesota, but don't kid yourself. Northwestern is going to win this game. And they're going to go to six and five with an opportunity to beat their hated rival, Illinois, in the next week and knock them potentially out of a bull position uh, if Illinois does not win this week. Uh, crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. I want to go Northwestern beating Purdue, even though that the line is plus three for Purdue. I'm going Purdue or Northwestern. 14, Purdue 13, Northwestern with the win, and moving into bowl eligibility. Last three games, we're going to roll through them. Iowa taking on Illinois. Here's another stat for you. <laughs> Last time Illinois won in Iowa City was 1999. I was a mere bambino, just a mere child at this point, a baby. And that was the last time that Illinois beat uh, Iowa at Iowa, it's not happening. I'm sorry, Illinois. I, I love Illinois. I'm a defender of Illinois. I want them to go to back-to-back bowl games for the first time since 2010-2011. It's not happening, though. Not this week, at least, against Iowa. They'll have their chance next week to beat Northwestern, their rival. But uh, I think Iowa's going to beat them 17-10 uh, in favor of the Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes uh, are going to solidify their way to Indianapolis and will be taking on the winner of Ohio State-Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, last two games up, we've got Minnesota taking on Ohio State. Similar, uh, I guess, analysis or, or prediction, uh, Ohio State taking on Minnesota. Uh, not going to show much. They're going to be very, very conservative, almost cagey, if you want to call it that. Almost cage-like, not going to want to show their hand. The, the, the rivalry game means something. They don't want to show Michigan anything. I think that Ohio State wins 42-21. 42-21. I think that they, they score enough, but uh, I don't think uh, – I think Minnesota scores, but um, I don't think it's going to be close. I think you know by the end we're going to be like, yep, here we go. Here comes the game. Finally, we've got Wisconsin taking on Nebraska. Boy, am I excited for this game. Uh, like I said, one of these teams will be moving to 6-5. and five. One of these teams will be moving to 5-6. and six. Nebraska has overperformed what our expectations. Wisconsin has underperformed. I think that Wisconsin is going to win. They're going to find a way to do it. Right now, the line is 4.5. Um, I think the, the, what I have it rated at is 4-28-24. Um, 
that's what I think this is going to be. I think Wisconsin puts it together. Uh, they put it together long enough for a win and to seal up uh, a, a uh, bowl season uh, in the first year of the fickle era. And then they'll be taking on Minnesota, which is so much more fascinating if uh, both of them are five and six, then six and, and then, um, you know, Wisconsin being six and five and then being five and six. Uh, we'll see. It would, it, um, I, it would make a wonderful podcast to dive into the nuances of that. Uh, but I think Wisconsin's going to take care of, take care of business here. Uh, and Nebraska is going to have their chance to beat Iowa to go to bowl eligibility in the first year of the Matt Rule era. Uh, All right, this has been another edition of the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Be sure to tell your family and friends to hit us up on the social media to, to, to subscribe. Send in your questions. Send in anything. We'll be getting back to two episodes this next week, followed by our Big Ten uh, Football Championship preview and then our bowl preview, and we will be putting a big, beautiful bowl Bow on the season. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until Monday.